Arguments about nothing is brought to you by Pollen. Is it COVID or is it allergies? Welcome back to Arguments About Nothing. I'm Shelby Samsel. I'm Hannah Bennett. And we are recording this very late at night. Things are going to be a little weird. It's spring now, so that's optimistic. Yeah, I think the um, the combination of the suddenly warm weather and the sunlight and the fact that it's Sunday night at 10 o'clock have left us, it's left us in kind of a punchy mood. Yeah, I feel good about this. I'm, I'm bringing more energy into this one than I have in a while, so. Excellent. For those who have never listened to us before, we discuss silly hypothetical situations seriously as if they were something when in fact they are really nothing. Do we have... A Kate's Corner this evening. We do have a Kate's Corner this evening. Um, For those who don't know, Kate is my my sister. sister. (laughs) I was just waiting for Shelby to to jump in and claim her. I don't think you can just claim somebody else's sister, though. I think there are no laws against it. No, I think there must at least be some paperwork. She's my chosen family. I don't think she knows that she's been chosen. But she has been. I feel like there must be paperwork for you to claim someone as your sister when you've never met and I'm they don't know. I'm not claiming her as like a dependent. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not a tax form write-off situation. Well, I think we should maybe at least inform her. <laughs> I assume, I, considering the fact that she writes a significant apor- proportion of our questions... I want to believe that she is listening. Right. Well, would you rather be on Fear Factor or on The Bachelorette? Oh, fuck both of those options. Yep. What? Yep. Ah. Uh. So so just to give a little background for people who might not know what I'm talking about, Fear Factor was a, what, early aughts? television yeah. show hosted yeah. by like Joe Rogan I think um, yeah. and uh, and it basically put contestants through all these really really horrible tasks you know s- things that were meant to scare them freak them out gross them out um, for potential uh, monetary prize at the end and The Bachelorette so actually <laughs> I'm gonna admit I've never seen The Bachelorette same but or I the know the concept yeah. yeah I think just like through the general zeitgeist, I know enough about it yeah. to to probably talk about it. But, you know, it's a show in which a woman has... Dates a bunch of men at the Right, same a time. whole bunch of sort of men suitors. try to date her, suitors. And then there's something, like, she gives them a rose or something. At the ceremony. Yeah, so she eliminates a certain amount of people per week. And then eventually it's down to two. And then she has to pick her final person. And but there's not a monetary prize, right? It's the the prize is like true love. I don't know. I think there probably is some amount of money on the line, but the idea is that you're gonna find love. It's also like you ha- have the option of proposing at the end, and I don't think it's required to propose, but like I think most of them end up proposing. They do. Okay. Um. Which is not to say that most of them end up getting married. Right. Sure. But there is a proposal usually. I think. I think. I have never seen the show. I briefly Googled it when I was going to ask you this question. And I was like, uh, I was like, I'm just going to look up like the Wikipedia entry for The Bachelorette. And um, instead, what I found were just tons and tons and tons of trashy looking articles about like, so and so didn't actually end up marrying so and so and you know, so and so broke up, they thought they found true love, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Okay. So as we're explaining these shows, I'm thinking about it. And I will say it's the bachelorette, not the bachelor that I would be on. Yes. That's what Kate asked. Yes. Which, that, in my mind, is slightly better than being on yeah, The Bachelor. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, if it was The Bachelor, this would be a much harder question for me. But I think I'm leaning on the side of The Bachelorette if I, like, because that means I'm The Bachelorette, which means right. I can go on a power trip of a bunch of men vying for my affections. 
Yeah, it is definitely the, that would be my preference as well, other than just like being one of many women trying desperately to get the attention of some guy named Trent or Chad or whatever. Yeah, so here's the deal. For The Bachelorette, so Fear Factor sucks, right? The The first thing is usually like heights or like physically you might, violence might be involved like not violence but like pain could potentially be involved it feels dangerous Mm -hmm. and then the second one is usually either you have to eat something disgusting or you have to lie in something gross yeah like lie in a bed of scorpions or eat those are the ones that have imprinted themselves in my memory you know it's just the horrible like eating bull testicles and lying in spiders and stuff yeah and then the last one is usually some sort of obstacle course of some scary nature and whoever does it fastest wins but on the on the plus side there's the option you could potentially win like fifty thousand dollars sure yeah definitely but the thing is i wouldn't because i'm not (laughs) like uh an an elite athlete and it usually comes down to the very last one, because the thing is, it's elimination. If you don't pass through one of the f- the ops, the fear factor things, you don't move on to the next round. Um, and almost everyone gets to the last round because if people drop at the first thing, there's no episode. Um, so you'd have to be able to win like a, an obstacle course, basically. Yeah, in order you would to have to be like an Olympian. Yeah, to actually get the money, and so you're probably just gonna walk away with trauma, right? You know. I will say on the upside, it probably takes a day or two to film. Whereas The Bachelorette, you're there for six months. You have to quit your job. You have to, like, have someone water your plants. You're giving up a lot of your time. Yeah, for sure. Um, There's also, like, with Fear Factor, there's a certain amount of anonymity. Like, whether you win or lose, nobody cares that much about who won a specific episode of Fear Factor or who lost it. Um, You're going to be on TV for your little, like, two minutes of fame, and then nobody's ever going to think about you or hear from you again. But with The Bachelorette, you know, you are suddenly fodder for the tabloids. And it's not even like you would just be, like, one of many of how, like, 20 girls and you, you know, are easily forgotten. You're the star of that show for the season as The Bachelorette, which means suddenly your whole life and your love life, everything is, like, TMZ and E! News, and that becomes your life, not just for the six months of filming, but for years afterwards. And anytime anything ever happens of note in your relationship, it's going to be covered by tabloids is it really covered like there have been so many bachelorettes at this point well i mean but they need new drama you know so yeah Yeah, if you were the bachelorette 20 years ago then no maybe they don't care anymore you know maybe they don't care about season eight's bachelorette anymore but like for at least a year or two afterwards you're still going to be yeah, I mean, it, it. yeah, for a while you're going to be in the spotlight. Yeah. But there have been 16 seasons of The Bachelorette. So it's not like forever and always you're going to be top of mind. But that the moment that you announce you're getting divorced, suddenly you're going to be back in the papers. You know what I mean? I wouldn't propose to one of these <laughs> men. <laughs> that would be the exciting climax of like, can I be the first Bachelorette to be like, no, thank you. None, none of you. I don't like a single goddamn one of you. Um, I think that's I think what I would probably, do. Probably, I I bet there's like a clause in your contract that that is not allowed. <laughs> I don't like. It's hard for me to imagine a world in which I would sign that contract. So, um, yeah, but that's a, you have to. You have to do one or the other. So, yeah, I I think I would land on Bachelorette because I just like there seems to be upsides there because like a lot of the people who have been on the Bachelorette. If you want to make a career out of being part of Bachelor Nation, you can. Like, there's a bunch of spinoff shows and stuff that you can go to, like... I didn't know that there was such a thing as Bachelor Nation. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they call the people who have been on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Wow. Um, And there's, like, a dream island or something where they take people who have been on The Bachelor or Bachelorette and they just, like, real-world style follow them around this resort. And it's, like, a whole show. So, like... Interesting. Yeah. And then, like, they sometimes, I think, do best of seasons. Like, you can just, like, continue to be on reality TV show and make that your career after being a bachelorette if you want to. Yeah. But a lot of them, like, take all of their 
newfound social media fame and turn that into a career you know like this podcast would suddenly have a bunch of listeners to, yeah. you know, like a bunch of new listeners right and it's, i would it's have the benefits that you can get from fame, fame. you know yeah like, exactly you could probably get a book deal or if you wanted to you, your podcast our podcast would probably be more famous yeah by the way if you wanted to go ahead and get suddenly like famous for me that would be great because then I, yeah. I would reap the rewards, but then I wouldn't have to do the famous thing. See, if this were The Bachelor, I would have a lot harder time. Because I don't really care that much about the fame thing. I think that's actually kind of a pro. Because it's the level of fame where I could make money off of it, but I could still go to the grocery store without security. Um, and that is a level of fame that I'm comfortable with. And... Fear Factor just feels like it would be trauma and I would get nothing from it. It would probably be like not really impact the rest of my life afterwards other than I might have nightmares about scorpions crawling all over me. But yeah. like it is – I do think that The Bachelorette is probably bigger risk, bigger reward because like what if you end up doing something really cringy on TV? Like it is going to be a note in my biography or whatever. And, the, um, you know, the whole point of that is to try to generate drama. They're, they're yeah. going to try to put you in situations in which you do something cringy or noteworthy or whatever. But if you're the bachelorette, though, you're the protagonist. That's true. They're, you know, they're you're the darling. They're going to make some of the guys do shitty things right. to you. Right. Which I have experience in men doing shitty things to me. That's... <laughs> fine think you can handle it huh yeah but they're not gonna make their star super unlikable because then it's not a good season yeah um you know here's my here's my question with the bachelorette so but if if i say i'm on the bachelorette does that mean that i also get to be like a super beautiful person or does that mean that they've like lowered their standards to me (laughs) i'm assuming i'm assuming that i would look like me but probably with just like a lot of makeup and A hair. lot of people have done some work. Right. Um, Which I could use the work, you know. <laughs> honestly, it might be, like, I think that I would be surprised at the results, you know. Like, I yeah. think if you have enough experts working on you, on your appearance specifically. There's always been, like, a small, teeny tiny little part of me ever since I was a kid in the 90s that d- that just wanted, like, a miscongeniality thing to happen where a whole bunch of people just put me in an airplane hangar and like do a bunch of things to make me beautiful without me having to (laughs) to know what how to do it myself or pay for it or anything yeah so I also come to this with an interesting perspective because I have been on a reality tv show yes it's different for you yes (laughs) yeah like I know very intimately what this is like uh and I also know like one of the reality tv shows I was on did include me going through a makeover like portion of the... Oh, I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. I had a team of people working on me to make me beautiful, and it was shocking. The results were shocking. Yeah, so I have had that moment. Uh, Well, now I kind of want to do it just to see. I'm (laughs) not just fucking curious. Like, what do I look like when somebody who knows how to apply makeup does it? Yeah, I had a stylist, and they did my hair. They, like, changed my hair, and they did my makeup. I get, I'll send you a picture after this if you want. To, yes, you can please. See it. Maybe um, you could post it to our Instagram. I was going to say it's on our Patreon. Um, we don't have a Patreon. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon. <laughs> but if you got famous, maybe we would. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I've already been, been on reality TV, and no one listens to this podcast, so I did it wrong. Well, also, like, the reality TV show required me to go on, like, a mass, like, on dates with male models and stuff. That I knew. That I remember. So I have done this to a certain, I have gone on dates on camera before. I have had, like, the, you know, it's not so far away from my personal experience. It's very far away from my (laughs) personal experience. It's so weird to talk about this. Um... I, I have nothing even remotely similar in my life, but I will say, unfortunately, that I have agreed with you from the start. I yeah. agree. The problem is that fear factor, there's no way I would win. And the only benefit yeah. is if you win. And otherwise, you just are left with having eaten bull testicles and slept in yeah. spiders. And yeah. I don't care for that. I do so. think it, there is a benefit in the fact that it's a less of a 
a disruption to your life. Right. If you just want something that you feel like, I don't want to be famous, I don't want to go through any of this, then I'll just take two days to lose at something. (laughs) Well, it's also just like, you wouldn't have to quit your job. Yeah. Like, to me, going on The Bachelorette would just like, what would I do with my apartment? Like, what? Also, like, I'm also in a relationship. So, like, I don't. <laughs> what would I do with my boyfriend? <laughs> what? Should I put him on the side? <laughs> you know, like, there would be a lot of questions about my daily life that I would have to, like, reevaluate. Maybe they would make him a contestant and he would have to prove his love for you. Could you? I would just be like him. I pick that man I've who I've been him. dating for many years. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, that man that I currently live with and, and love, that man. Um, Um, that would be so weird. (laughs) Uh, Like, the idea of my boyfriend being on any reality TV show, uh, is hilarious. I, I, I would go on The Bachelor to see that. (laughs) I would, I would pay top dollar. But that will never happen. Um, yeah, I would pay The Bachelorette. I don't like how it's such a big disruption to my life, but... I don't think I would enjoy the tabloids or the people or the like people trying to know intimate things about my relationships I think I wouldn't like the breach of privacy because I'm an introverted quiet person and I think I would struggle a lot more than you just by virtue of being an introverted quiet person who like doesn't typically like to have to try to look nice every day and who isn't really big on sort of publicly dating someone you know like but I think it's just the better of the two bad options they're both bad options I also worked in PR for a while so I've run like professional social media accounts and stuff like that uh so I have and I've been on reality TV so I like feel like I know the game a little bit yeah I would just do it for the pod I would just do it for the podcast I would do it for you thank you yeah that's that's love uh, you pick me at the end. I I pick Shelby at the very end. I'm like, actually, twist. All right. So, do you have another question for us? Yeah, sure. you said you had I think some good bo- ones today. I think so. We're both locking in the Bachelorette, just for the record. Yes. All of these are a very weird left turn from where we started. But would you rather live in a fancy van or a mansion? without running water how fancy is this van have you heard about hashtag van life of course i have okay first of all if kate was actually your sister (laughs) you would know that she has lived my sister kate has lived this hashtag van life she had a converted van and she spent months driving it around and like parking it and overnight in like Walmart parking lots and and living the van life and camping and that kind of stuff um and then yeah I mean I I know of like different celebrities and stuff who've done it and all looks very idyllic although I think the actual practical implications are not nearly as cute as people think yeah I mean it's definitely camping right yeah but it's mobile you have the ability to go wherever you want I want you to think of this as, like, a van that's, like, tricked out with solar panels, so it has electricity, it's, like, got a very comfy bed, it's got a full kitchen, it's got a shower thing, um, like, some big water tanks, even, like, let's say, a heated water tank. I've seen ones that have heated floors, you know? Uh, So, like, a really fancy one. Okay. A really, really nice one. Yeah. Like glamping almost. Right. But it's still like a compostable toilet. Um, okay. You know, and like. You still have to like hook it up to water at campsites. Yeah. And stuff uh, like occasionally that. you have to fill the water tanks and occationally you have to dump the water tank and it has. And it's a tiny space. and It's, it's a small you know, space. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's a van, but it's, like, a fancy van. It looks very pretty, very aesthetic, very comfy, cozy, that kind of thing. And then the mansion is huge, and it's a mansion, but it has no running water. I feel like I know which one you're going to choose. (laughs) I feel like you're going to choose the hashtag van life. Oh, I'm absolutely choosing the hashtag van life. Uh, I'm actually... That's like your dream. It is literally... I, I, like, cannot tell you how much of a dream that is for me. It may never happen. At least probably not full time. I have hopes of having a van for like vacations for like, I'm going to go on a two week road trip, take the van. Yeah. I don't think that I will ever 
live in a van. I will say that I've already kind of done this because when I was in New Zealand, I rented and lived in a camper van. Yeah, I I haven't done that, but I it my was, family we went camping all, all the, the time. time. My mom has a really nice pop up like pop out camper. I've spent so much time in my life camping before and I lived in a half built cabin and you know like I I'm used to um roughing it for sure um and I you know just a few months ago I lived in a tiny house for a long time where I had to fill up water jugs for all of my drinking water every you know I I roughed it for four months just this last fall so it's not that I can't do it it's that I have questions about what it means that I have a mansion because if I have a mansion does that mean that I'm rich no in other words okay so it's not like I could have a staff of people Mm -mm. taking care of this mansion who bring me who fill who fill my tub you know no 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 no. there's no staff you just have the, the space so it's just a big empty space, but it's useless because you don't have water, so you can't use the toilet, and you can't take showers, and you can't drink, and you can't cook. I mean, you can. You just you still have to have water tanks and stuff that you bring in. But can you just inst- – you can't just install water no, tanks. No, no. Like, they would have to be like water jugs in the same way that you would when you're camping. You can bring water in. You're not going to die. But, like, you will never have running water. Can I just sell the mansion? No, you have to, like, live in one of them. Yeah, I mean, it to me, it's it's un, having extra space, but not a working bathroom and kitchen doesn't do anything for me because I'm I'm a I'm one person. How much space do I need? <laughs> well, so the interesting thing is, like, you technically don't have running water in the van either, right? But you you can turn on a faucet, you can take a shower, you can flush a toilet. Yeah, can you do any of those things in the yeah. mansion? No. So no, it's not. It's not a real. It's like living in a park. Like it's there's plenty of space, but but you can't do anything private. I love the idea of it's. It's basically a park. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you know what I mean. You know, like okay, I'm living in a very very big space. What if it I has what? What if it has very like lavish furniture in it? First, of all, I I don't really need all that, um, but also. Unless I can sell the lavish lavish furniture to set myself up with running water, I do. You know, the thing is, I'm having trouble even picturing how I could have possession of a mansion and not, you know, yeah, it's a weird figure out some way to have plumbing. I will say that like one of the benefits of like the non-running water in the mansion versus the van is like the van you have to empty at some point. The mansion has the pipes. It just does, it's not hooked up to the grid. So it'll you don't have to empty water at any point. You can't take a shower there. I filled up jugs for drinking water. I'm not going to pour one of them over my head <laughs> in a shower. I was going to say you can take like a hobo shower, you know, like where you I don't know. Uh, get like a flower watering jug and you just hold it, t- tape it to the wall or something. <laughs> Showers are very important to me. <laughs> it is the the like the one thing when I think about what I don't like about camping mm-hmm. is the lack of shower. Yeah, everything is, else I can deal with. That is so, the big part about van life. That it would be difficult for sure. Right. And it would be difficult in both, but it would be possible in the van. Yeah. Let me make it clear. I'm not really all about that hashtag van life. I don't need to camp forever. Yeah. I like camping for small periods. Mm-hmm. But I need a shower. Yeah. So I, that I just have to take the van even though I don't want it, unlike Shelby. Yeah, I want the van. I didn't, Okay. I thought we might disagree on this. Yeah. But alas, we didn't. I thought you might take the mansion, but... But the the mansion doesn't work as a house. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, if it worked, if it was just a mansion versus a van, that's not a question. (laughs) (laughs) There could be other major problems with it, but, you know... What is a major problem with a mansion that would give you pause? Infested with flying squirrels. But that also feels like an immediate van to me. I don't know. Are they? <laughs> could you block them off into one wing? <laughs> could the flying squirrels live in the east wing? 
And we just don't go there. Then it's not really infested. You just have a slightly smaller mansion. I'm just saying there are other things that you could make wrong with it that I think I could deal with. I love the fact that you could deal with an animal infestation better than you could deal with no running water. Yes. Okay. 100%. I've learned something new about Hannah today. Um, I think we agree on this one, unfortunately. So let's find something that that well, tears us apart emotionally. So <laughs> this one will probably, this is going to, all right, I can do that. I can tear us apart emotionally. <laughs> um, how much would someone have to pay you to tell a child that Santa isn't real? A child that believes in Santa. I can't even wrap my head around this question. Because I'm like, for some reason, I can't get past the why. Why would somebody (laughs) pay me to do this? Yeah, they just like really want you to steal a child's innocence. (laughs) It's just such a random thing to get paid for. (laughs) As opposed to the other questions that have fallen into this category. Like getting Jesus saved tattooed on your body. Yeah, but, like, maybe they think you're advertising for Jesus or something. But (laughs) Who wants you to hurt a child? What monster am I taking money (laughs) from? I don't want to do business with them. Well, that's the thing. It's it's not usually harming somebody else. (laughs) It's usually, like, would you never brush your hair again or something? Yeah, well... We're kicking things up a notch this this episode of Arguments About Nothing. And we're scarring children for money. Well, stop saying that because here's what's really <laughs> fucked up. Were you like, no money? I'll do it for free? Well, no, but it's not as much because, because they're going to find out eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like what, 10 bucks? <laughs> A nice back rub? That's all I need? If they don't find out eventually, it's a much bigger problem for them. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. I heard like a, I don't know if it was this American Life episode or something, where it was like this this girl whose dad had, their family had gone way, way beyond, way overboard with the whole Santa thing for years. And she believed like into her teens that Santa was real. And then it was like, really traumatic for her when she found out otherwise um how old is the kid five do i know the kid five oh <laughs> yeah so not close to figuring it out themselves well if they were like eight i'd be like hey kid it's <laughs> not real <laughs> you're on the brink anyway no yeah. five like kindergarten they're a kindergarten okay and do i know this kid does it make it harder if you do Actually, that's a good question. I mean, <laughs> like, there's, which there's is, pros and cons. Yeah, which is better. The pro of me not knowing the kid is, is I don't have to face the again. wrath of their yeah. parents yeah. and deal with the uh, the inevitable, you know, fallout, emotional fallout. Yeah. Um, the con is that I feel even worse because I just took a stranger's child and, and broke you know, them. Broke them. I think in the spirit of the question, it's just a random kid. Can I basically say, you know, Santa as a man isn't real, but he's just, like, indicative of the spirit of Christmas and still try and, like, basically still, like, leave Christmas feeling magical for them in a way with, with. You have to tell them, you have to convince them of the truth. Now I'm just trying to figure out loopholes to get through this and around yeah. this, and I'm not so, even thinking about what monetary value I would place on it. Yeah. So like, you have do you con- have a number in your head already? No, absolutely not. Um, as I'm thinking, when you ask the question, "Is it a child that you know or not?" I immediately thought of like my cousin's kids and having to sit down Jasmine, who is like four years old right now, and tell her that Santa isn't real. To the point where she understands. Because, like, I think if you said Santa isn't real to a really little kid, they won't believe you. Well, you y- know? yeah, it also, like, it, it may, like, they might just, like, forget by tomorrow. Like, yeah. they got enough people in their life saying, Santa's coming, Santa's coming. Then they're not going to necessarily, like, keep in yeah. mind that, like, random cousin Hannah said, yeah. 
on a whim, Santa's not real. Which means, which which I think means it's going to be like a longer conversation in which you explain to them like, no, your parents bring you your presents and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like Christmas is a time where we talk about these fanciful things, but they're not real. And, you know, like really explain to them what it is. Yeah, I, this is such a, this is such a weird, hard question for me because I have often wondered so one because I don't have kids, and yeah. so you know the the experience the I have with kids of lying yeah. to a child about Santa are dicey for sure. Yeah, and and I've always wondered if I were to become a parent, would I even ever? Yeah, would I even ever like try to tell them Santa was real to begin with? And that's why this is a hard question for me because like I just don't really know. I don't know how much that breaks. How were you raised? Like, did, did you truly believe that Santa was a real person when you were a little kid? Do you remember? Yeah, I believed in Santa. Yeah, I definitely did too. I have a I have a very clear memory of when I was quite young, I shared a room with my brother and it was Christmas Eve and they had put us to bed and I'm sure they were putting up like the stockings yeah. and stuff. And I thought it was really late. It was probably like 830, yeah. you know, <laughs> so, and we heard thumping and we couldn't go to sleep because we were so excited. So excited yeah. And my brother told me that I had to, like, I wanted to go see because we could hear noises in the living room. And my brother was like, I'll go look. You stay here. And then he went out and he said, I saw Santa. But no, you can't go out and look. <laughs> what a good brother. I know. I know. He was trying to save me from seeing, because he's yeah. older than me. You yeah, know, he was yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. save me from seeing our parents. So I know that there was a time in my life when I really believed in Santa because I remember that. Yeah, I remember it too. I don't, I also, but I also don't remember a traumatic time in which someone told me that Santa wasn't real. Exactly. And that's why I'm struggling with this because I don't, I remember a day when I believed in Santa. I don't remember the day when I learned yeah. otherwise. And I, I, part of me wants to think that it was probably just like a, you like figure a, it a out. Gradual. Over time. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of things build up over time and it's not like one day. Yeah. Which kind of makes this worse then because. You're not the, supposed this... to have that moment where like if it comes too, it's like something is only tra- traumatic if it comes too soon, you know. Right. And so if you, I think five years old is probably too soon for someone to sit you down and be like this thing you believe in is not real. Yeah. It's also an impressionable age. For sure. And it's a kid you don't know, and you could yeah. be, like, traumatizing them. I, I will say that I don't think it's probably, like, the biggest trauma in the world. Well, no. You know? No, no. Like I said, they're going to have to figure it out in the Eventually. next couple of years yeah. anyway. And yeah. kids are – kids bounce back from stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're just learning so much about the world as it is every day. Right. It would still have to be a lot of money, right? Because, like, this is the first time you're, like, actively causing harm to someone else. Causing harm and also, like, going against the kid's parents' wishes and also telling a kid your parents lie to you. Like, it's one thing if your parents tell you, I've been lying to you. It's another thing for a stranger to be like, your parents have been lying to you. Yeah. I don't know. The whole situation is super weird. Yeah, it is, for sure. I'm, I'm, like, clocking in it. Also, like, I'm thinking about, like, well, I'm paying for this child's college education. Um, obviously, with this money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm giving them half. So, like, it would have to be, I think, like, maybe a million dollars. And I would give 500 grand to the kid. And I would keep 500 grand myself. That's that's very funny that you said that. Because I was thinking, I would, I was thinking 500 grand. But I was thinking I would give almost all of it to the kid. You know? And yeah. not keep it. You know what feels weird? So I know I'm struggling with this a lot. It just feels too weird for me to take money for this. So I'm like, yeah. I would take $500,000 and give it all to the kid. But I don't I don't want to come out of this with money. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean, fair. I know that you're you're paying me for like the trouble and for the guilt. But if, like I'm how much- not, if I'm not getting money for it, though, I'm not doing it at all. And no one gets any money. <laughs> like why you but i also don't like the idea of taking money for it and being like well if you paid me a million dollars then then suddenly i was rich then sure i would break some kid's heart like the the problem is you're paying me because 
I'm taking on the guilt, right? Yeah. But the taking of money would only further intensify my guilt. It would, the money would add guilt to the guilt money. Got it. So $500,000 for the kid and then $500,000 for charity? Well, I was just going to say $500,000 and I'll give it to the kid. All right. But then I, I, I don't, I think that assuages the guilt. You know, because then I'm like, hey, I just gave some random kid $500,000. I, I think they can deal with not. I think as an adult, they'd forgive you. When they got that yeah. $500,000 check, they'd be like, thank you so much for doing right? that. And yeah, like then I wouldn't have the guilt because I feel like I just did a public service. Like you just gave a kid $500,000 right. at that point. Yeah. Right. Maybe I would take like a few thousand dollars for myself. Like five hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you get fifty grand. The kid gets five hundred, and you just call it a day. I was thinking like a couple thousand, <laughs> you know, for myself, just okay, well, for the trouble. I, clearly, the greedy one in no, this you know partnership. Because I, not, you think you're talking me out of my sh- cut of that stuff? You're not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't think it makes you greedy. I think I'm weird. I think I'm being weird right now. I don't think you're being weird. Okay. Well, I think uh, I'm coming in at double what Hannah did, <laughs> which is fine. I'm fine with that. Um, but we're, we're both telling that kid. Um, <laughs> would you accept never getting a contagious disease again if it meant you had to smell bad forever? So you will never get a cold or the flu again or like pink eye but you will f- smell bad forever. <laughs> pink eye. Pink eye is number three on your list. The cold, the flu, and then pink eye. Yeah. Not coronavirus. Well, I'm trying to future-proof this. <laughs> and and my, optimistic out, my optimistic springtime outlook is that coronavirus will go away. And that we are all on the verge of a big pink eye epidemic. <laughs> That, again, my optimistic view of this question is that we are putting epidemics and pandemics behind us. Okay. How bad do I smell? Like, you smell as though you haven't showered for a week. A week? Yeah. Oh, that is too much. <laughs> yeah, I you smell bad. That's that's a lot. That's a lot, though. Yeah. That's that, That's like... It's noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm saying is it's noticeable and not easily covered up. Doesn't just bother you or it, and it isn't something that you can cover with sense. Mm -mm. It's a burden to others. others. (laughs) Your scent is a burden to others. Yeah. Well, (laughs) no. (laughs) The problem is I'm single. (laughs) It would be a problem if you weren't single. No, but it's like an extra problem. I feel like I'm in a pretty strong relationship, but I would not fault him if he broke up with me because my scent was a burden to others. Well, that's the problem. Like, I think it's too much. It's if it's it can't be covered up. You're you go on a date and you sit across from somebody and they're like, oh, I can't be around this person for long periods of time. I'm certainly not feeling down to take them back to my apartment, I'll never get past a first date. I'll never get past a job interview. Have to work remotely That's, from here on I was going to say, you could, like, virtual job interviews are happening a lot now. So, like, potentially yeah, it wouldn't but be not, a problem. I don't want virtual relationships for the rest of my life, though. That's valid. Also, would you still be my friend? <laughs> <laughs> Shelby didn't expect me to put her on the spot like that. I did not expect this uh, test of loyalty. Um, yes, I would be in the uh-huh. same way that we have been friends for the last year. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, so you're saying you would still be my friend remotely, digitally. We've seen each in other person. twice in the last two years, <laughs> like in the last year. Ouch. Hmm. Yeah. I think and it so does. I think it depends. If you, if you couldn't deal with my scent, that means coworkers couldn't deal with my scent. Lesser friends couldn't deal with my scent. Well, I'm thinking, potential dates. I'm thinking about it a little. I'd bit I'd never more. get laid again. 
I'm thinking about it a little bit more now. And we could have picnics all the time, I think. <laughs> it would be like I always had coronavirus. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would wear People a mask. always stay I... six feet away from me and they wear masks around me. You know how in Victorian England, how they would carry around those like little satchels of dried flowers and stuff that they would hold uh-huh. to their nose because yeah. the streets just smelled so bad? Sexy. I'll get a cold. I'll get the flu. <laughs> Okay. But, like, I will like to say that, like, other contagious diseases like like Ebola and stuff. Yes. If there's ever another pandemic, you're immune. Praying to God that that pandemic is not Ebola. I know quite a lot about that yeah. disease, and it is bad. really nasty and bad. Um, I think I can, at this point in my life, and I'm going to knock on wood immediately. Yeah. I think that I could... Uh, avoid ebola by not going to regions where it is actively spreading i hope i hope fair um but if i if if there's a worldwide pandemic of ebola i mean we got bigger problems than whether or not i'm immune to it at that point you know you're right fine fine we agree no i'm so sorry i thought these were such good hard-hitting questions when i divisive Oh, I thought man. so. I thought, but alas, maybe our listeners disagree with us. And if you do, please let us know on our Instagram or write to us at argumentsaboutnothing at gmail.com. I thought you might choose Fear Factor because you're more like sporty and adventurous than me, but that didn't work out. I mean, I, yeah, I get that. Well, yeah, I am a little bit, but like the pandemic has taken a toll on my body. I am no, not nearly in the physical shape I used to be. Um, anyway, would you still go out with him? Amazing guy, you, like, love him a lot, but on your third date... I love him a lot, but we're on our third date? Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, okay. You find out that he wears his mother's ashes around his neck all of the time. Ooh, all of the time. 100% of the time. Yeah, I'd still go out with him. Really? <laughs> Do we disagree? Finally? Oh, we hardcore disagree. I'm <laughs> shocked that you, that's like fine with you. <laughs> like even during like sexy time, he keeps it on. Yeah, but I, I'm assuming it's like a, a little teeny vial that's like a necklace. It's yeah, basically like yeah. a necklace that he wears all the time. Yeah, and you're fine with that. I have necklaces that I wear like all the time. Uh, like I thought they have meaning. I thought you were about to say that you also had, like, dead person ashes in one of the necklaces that you wear no. all the time. And I have seen those necklaces, and I was like, where are they? Like, what are you talking about? Like, how? <laughs> no, I've kept them hidden from you. <laughs> yeah, that would be wild. Um, You're fine with this. No, I'm not. It's not like I'm fine okay. with it. All right. Well, you delivered that like, yeah, I'll still go out with him as if that was not the creepiest thing you've ever heard. It's not the creepiest thing I've ever heard. Okay. I have strong opinions about this and I'm going to lay them out. And I feel yeah. like I can really talk about this because both my parents are dead and I'm also dating a guy whose mother is dead. So um, I feel like I come from a... A lot of lived experience. So if you're thinking I'm being really insensitive and like don't have empathy, shut up because I do. Um, <laughs> like I, I have very. You're not good talking empathy. to me about this, right? You're you're telling the listener. The listener, yeah. I was right. saying, like, I was like, I feel very attacked, but I didn't say anything was wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, I feel like there are going to be people who listen to the rant that I'm about to give and be like, oh, she just, like, doesn't understand grief, and people grieve in different ways, and we shouldn't judge people, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I understand grief. I get it. Yeah. Um, I just want, as a blanket preface, this is not coming from, like, somebody who doesn't understand losing a parent. 
no, 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 for sure. I'm just going to sit back and listen, you guys. Yeah, I have really strong <laughs> like, feelings about she's this. Like, she's like, her, her whole like body position has changed. <laughs> she's taking deep breaths in preparation. Yeah. She's got something to say. Okay, I'm sitting back. So I just, so it's shocking to me that you didn't ask any questions because the questions that immediately come to my mind are, how long has his mom been dead? You know, like, because uh, my first thought is like, you're still in the active stages of grief, you know? Like, this feels like your mom died six months ago and you are, feel, like, are still in, like, the thick of it, you know? And in my head, it's like, maybe this isn't the best time for you to be starting a relationship, you know? Because, like, it's not, like, if you feel so attached to your mother's, memory that you are not willing to be physically away from her ashes for a moment you know like if you're showering with this violon if you are like engaging romantically with people with this violon it's like this you are carrying this burden actively every day and i think that you probably don't have the emotional space in your brain to be the kind of partner that I would need you to be. Or, like, I think this is just weird. Like, I think it's, like, especially because it's, like, it makes me think that you have, like, some unresolved issues surrounding your mother. Right. Because it's not like you're wearing, it's not like you're keeping a picture of her in your wallet. Yeah. You know? To, like, carry around someone's ashes with you constantly just, like, points... It, it's too much to me. And I think there's like it to me, it feels like a very big red flag of like deeper seated issues that I do not want to get involved with. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I, I will say when I sort of flippantly answered like I would still go out with him, I think part of the reason was because it was a third date. Yeah. So like to me it it just seemed like not a deal breaker before i had time to get him to know him better and ask him more questions like we're already so early in the process of dating that there's lots of time for me to like figure out more about him and where he is in his grieving process and like why he does this and to ask him a bunch of questions and to like figure out if i think he's really a weirdo i don't know i guess yeah. to me it was like this isn't enough of a deal breaker to stop me in my tracks and keep me from answer, like just getting to know you better. But if then after, but if you had said, you know, you're, you're three or four months in, you've discussed it a whole bunch and, you know, he's, he's got some like unresolved issues then it kind of changes it for me, you know what I mean? I feel like, but in my mind, there's no good answer to, like, how long has it been since your mother passed? Because if it's a short period of time, obviously he's still grieving that in a very active way. Which which is is what I was thinking when you first Yeah, which is not the best time to start a new relationship because you're just, like, in the thick of it. But if it's been, like, 10 years, that seems even worse to me because yeah. it's like it feels like you are still in active grief for something that happened 10 years ago and that makes me think that you are not doing the emotional work you need to do to move on yeah i will say i i assumed it was recent yeah <laughs> i wasn't thinking of somebody whose mother died 20 years ago and they were still. right although you know both answers it, feel bad to me both answers make me think like oh you're not in an emotional place to date someone true that that's probably not an emotional state but i hesitate a little because like you never know when a connection is gonna form or why or like i hesitate to just say like you're not in an emotional place where you can start in a relationship you know what i mean yeah. like to make that decision for somebody else like i think in continuing to date him i might decide that that's true I might discover that you know or I might yeah I don't know I guess it's just not it's also it would just, be enough to make me curious but not enough to make me be like running for the hills but also it's like your third date like I think part of it too is it's I hadn't really imagined like having sex with this person could you imagine 
you know. Like looking up at a guy and his mother's ashes are bouncing off his chest. <laughs> oh, I hate that very much. Yeah, I hate it too. Turned my see, stomach a little. Yeah, it's yeah. a real bad body feel for sure. It's not. Oh, why did you have to paint that word picture just then? Because that's what would happen. Bouncing off his chest. <laughs> yeah, his, his dead mom's ashes. It's also just, to me, it's such a wild choice to start wearing a vial of someone's ashes. Like, I am not goth enough to find that cool or endearing. Well, I was about to say, I think that there are people who would decide that it, a teeny tiny little bit of it it's almost like wearing a locket, maybe. If, if we're not talking like... There's something about carrying ashes that really freaks me out. And maybe that's just a me thing. Like, if someone was like, I have a locket with my mom, a, like a lock of my mom's hair in it, that yeah. would be less weird to me. How is that less ash- weird? To me, that's I don't same. know. If- I, I'm just telling you what my bo- how my body reacts to things. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> To uh, me, that's the same. That's the same. It's a piece of this person's body that who is oh, no longer no, with us. Oh, no. I don't know. Ashes feel real weird. Although, maybe this is triggering me because I, my parents are dead. Like, maybe yeah. there's an, a, a part of this that's like, I would look at his mom's ashes and have to think of my mom's ashes. You right. know? Like, there is an... Like, I didn't think about that before, but maybe that, like, this is... I would just constantly be comparing and contrasting our grief like am i a bad child for not wearing a vial of my mom's ashes around my neck definitely not i agree (laughs) but like but there may be an element of this for me that i'm having this reaction specifically because i don't know what it's like to lose my parent so i don't feel like i can judge you know what i mean like there's this element of it to me that's like I can't tell you how you're supposed to grieve this thing I have not experienced because yeah. I like haven't experienced it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's easier for you to be like, listen, I know what this is like and this weirds me out versus for me to kind of get judgy about this. Something you haven't gone through. That's why thing. I feel like I have given myself full permission to be judgy about this question. Right. Because well, you get I, it. Yeah, because yeah. I've been there and I get it. And but just for like, me, who hasn't lost her parents, to turn around and be like, this fucking weirdo, <laughs> you know, yeah. it just doesn't feel right to me. That's fair. I just still think, like, it's a very bad sign. I can't, like, I cannot. The thing is, if I could think of a scenario in which it would feel okay to me, I would stay and talk about it and hope that he gives me that answer that would make it okay. But I cannot, for the life of me, figure out an answer that would make this okay to me. Maybe I'm not. The, I sex, also thing, might be- the sex thing is really, really a problem. And I, it's, I'm yeah. wondering, like, I, I feel like probably what would happen would be, like, I would just ask him, can you please remove it? Like, I would probably keep dating him until we got to that point, And then I would probably be like, could you remove it for this? Like, you understand why this weirds me out, right? You know? Yeah. You're right. Like, if he took, he, if he was willing to take it off on occasions. On you occasions? Know? Like, yeah. if he was willing to take it off, like, when we were intimate, and if he was willing to take it off, like, not even at, like, celebrations, because I can imagine wanting, like, the spirit of your mom there. But, like, Yeah, that's in- really, to me, that's the only time when I would just be totally not cool with it. Like, gotta have it off. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we're, like, physical into, like, Maybe not to bed. Like, when we go to sleep at night, I would maybe, yeah. like, because I don't want to, like, wake up and cuddle with you in the morning and it be there. That feels weird to me. But if you want to, like, take it off when we go to bed at night, put it back on when you're getting dressed, and you don't wear it when we're intimate, I could deal with it. Yeah. But if you were unwilling to take it off ever. Well, yeah, was, and, the, and, like, that's a bigger problem, too, which is just, like, being inflexible. You have a partner who's asking for what is a truthfully reasonable. a reasonable thing. Yeah, reasonable you know. accommodation. Right. And if you're not willing to do a reasonable accommodation, like that might just be a problem in and of itself. But I just don't think I would 
I, I'm just what I'm picturing is me sitting across from this guy on our third date and him telling me this. And I'm not picturing myself going, all right, well, time for that check. Gotta go. Never seeing you again. It was. Oh, that's what I would do. <laughs> I think that's what I would. I also, I also. I think I would wait until it became a problem or until we had that conversation and I tried to talk him out of it. And then he said no. Yeah. And then I would break up with him. <laughs> So, so do you have any um, stupid or ridiculous little lighthearted ones that, that we, could we should end, end on with? <laughs> that maybe we'll disagree on? Yes. It is funny because I was very happy today when I wrote these and these ended up being sadder than I realized. So um, would you rather have perfect nails forever or no unwanted body hair? No unwanted body hair? Really? Perfect nails? Yeah, oh, but like, think I don't about- care. I don't even care about my nails. I never do my nails. I get a manicure like once every year. But perfect nails go beyond that. So like, you'll never get a hangnail again. You'll never like break a nail again. I don't break nails. Okay. Humble brag. My goodness. <laughs> no, I'm actually proud of this. I have very strong nails. <laughs> I have incredible nails. Um, I do. Listen, <laughs> I never brag about any fucking thing on this podcast. <laughs> okay. Even or though you have so much to brag about. No, I don't. I you don't do. have anything to brag about except for I have very good strong nails. <laughs> so you like never get hangnails. No. Wow. Wow. That's amazing I, to me. I just have good strong nails. Thanks, mom. I never have had a problem with it with like my fingernails. So God, I'm going to knock on wood again. But I, I also just I don't care that much about how they look. I keep them very short so that I can play guitar. So it's not like I care about having like long, luxurious nails. I never paint them. Once in a while, I'll treat myself to like a manicure or something, and that'll look nice for a couple weeks, and then I won't paint them again. Like, I don't even think I own nail polish at the moment. I just don't care about how they look, and they, they've they never caused me any problems, so I'm like, I have no feelings about that. <laughs> I have no cares. Shelby's looking at me like I'm crazy. I don't think it's that weird. I'm shocked. I grew up playing violin. I always had to keep them really, really short. And so I just grew up not caring that much about nails. It's not that I, like, care so much about nails. Like, <laughs> I, kind of... I I also don't own nail polish. So it's not like I'm a girl who's like, can't wait for the Rona to be over so I can get back to my normal I, monthly I know, that's manicure. Why I'm, like, confused why you look so shocked. Because I've had, like, literal health issues with my nails. Like, I played softball a lot. Like, I once got hit so hard in the toe from a stray softball that my toenail fell off. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of my toenails is fucked up right now. Yeah. But nobody has to see it, so I don't care. But if I would just be so excited if, like, my nail, like, my one fucked up toenail was just, like, a normal toenail now. And, like, the idea of never getting a hang... I guess so. I would love for my one fucked up toenail to be normal. That's true. Yeah. I actually have, like... I feel like my toenails are gross. Like, I don't think... I feel like they don't look nice. And I think that, like, many years of sports and cleats and shit fuck them up a lot. Um, Yeah, mine just got stepped on really hard on the subway. Yeah. So, like, that would be cool if I never had to worry about, like, damage to any of my toenails... From like a stray step on the subway or something like that. That would but be do- like, dope. But no also- hairs, like no one wanted hairs. That, yeah, I that mean, saves you all of the plucking and all of the tweezing and all. Like you don't have to worry about as you get older. Maybe you'll get more like lip hairs. You don't have to worry about plucking your eyebrows. You don't have to worry about like weird random hairs growing out of like weird spots on your chin or like you know. And yeah. as you get older, this gets worse. I'm thinking proactively. <laughs> I appreciate that, but, like, I just shave everything. I don't pluck anything because I'm a wuss. You don't pluck your eyebrows? No. You sh- you don't shave your eyebrows, do you? I mean, currently I do nothing to my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have not done anything to my eyebrows in over a year um, because I'm too much of a pansy to do anything <laughs> about them. 
I I literally have tried to pluck my eyebrows before and it does not work. I mean, it hurts, but no, well. I can't get the the hair out. Like I will put the tweezer on it and I will pull, and the tweezer just slides right off the hair. I like cannot get it out. You need I've, some new tweezers, my dear. I have asked friends to try to pluck my eyebrows for me, to show me how to hold the the tweezer or whatever, and they can't do it either. There is something about my eyebrow hairs. They will not come out. They just, like, I can't. They've never been plucked. Deeply rooted eyebrow hair. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking bizarre. My eyebrows have never. That's such a weird thing. I don't even (laughs) I have, there is not a single hair on my body that has ever been removed with a tweezer. I have never been successful ever in my whole life at removing what? a single hair on my body with a tweezer. Yeah. Any is piece this of- some kind of like weird superpower? That, like- <laughs> I have no idea. It does not feel like a superpower, let me tell you. It is deeply upsetting. Well, look, I have very strong nails. You have very strong hairs. <laughs> I- that is true. I really have very Humble strong hair. Um, it, yeah, my eyebrow hair will not come out of my head unless it is waxed out of my head. It will not. It's not going to happen. Okay. I, and it is. Anyway, sorry. I didn't realize that this was such a, uh, a weight it's, on my my heart. Well, it's, it's not a normal thing, I <laughs> will say. It's not normal. It's <laughs> not. And I've never had an outlet to talk about how my eyebrows are not normal. And I don't know why. And, like, if someone else has this experience, please slide into my DMs. Because I've never met anyone else in the world who cannot tweeze their eyebrows. No. Nope. Anyway. I just had a lot of angst when I was a teenager because I thought I was doing it wrong. And then I asked a friend to try to do it for me. And she brought over two different pairs of her own tweezers that she uses to tweeze her eyebrows. And she couldn't do it. She couldn't figure it out. That's so interesting. I feel like mine just like give up, you know. (laughs) Mine, I'll just like, I'll start to pluck them and they're like, ugh, fine. My jaw just dropped. Like I cannot explain to you. How difficult. You need some, like, industrial strength pliers, basically, is what it sounds like. I think it's because, like, my hair is really smooth. Like, I can't get a grip on them. Like, they just, it just slides right out. Oh, my hair is so smooth. (laughs) Humble brow. Just my eyebrow hair. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know what I mean, though? Like, I have very straight hair. Like, my hair doesn't curl at all. I don't know. I don't know why it happens. I have I no idea. I'm just teasing you. It's really funny, though. But, it is uh, really But weird. all of this is making me think that you should want to choose that. Oh, yeah. But, like, I don't know. My eyebrows are not particularly bushy. And, they like, I haven't done them in a year. And I feel like they look fine. Like, they're not the most beautiful eyebrows. But they, no, they look are good. fine. Like I, don't ha- like, I don't have a natural unibrow or anything. I'm, like, a little bit blessed in that regard. And everything else I just shave. So it's, like... I do it. It's a little annoying. It takes a lot of time. But, like, I hate a hangnail. They're painful. Like, the nail, like, my hair never really causes me pain. It's just, like, burden. Like, it's time-consuming and a little annoying. Right. But, like, having a hangnail that you just have to, like, let hurt you for a few days until it heals, like, that sucks. I don't even really know what that's like, so. Yeah, see, like, you're, we're learning a lot about each other's bodies in this Episode. It's really strange. It's a really strange thing that we're that we're learning all of this about each other in such a public way. Yeah. Also, when I lost my toenail after that softball accident, it took a year for it to grow back. Yeah. I mean, I I have a messed up toenail that has not been fixed in some time, and it may never be. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess I just hate the worrying about hair removal thing. And I, I really am thinking, like, into the future, I just know that this becomes more and more of a problem as you age. And as my birthday approaches, I worry about aging. So there you have it. That's fair. I'm just glad we finally disagreed on something. Thank so, God. Yeah. Uh, so everything is exactly the same, except I have perfect nails, which apparently Hannah already has. Um <laughs> Fingernails, not toenails. But I am, in, but I am incredibly ha- hairy, and Hannah is not. So, those, so that's our hypothetical world. No, our hypothetical world is not that. Our hypothetical okay. world is we have both been on The Bachelorette on seasons of The Bachelorette, which it, changes our world 
quite drastically, I Shelby. think so. I would definitely not go out with a guy with the mom around his neck if there's 20 other dudes vying for him my attention. Yeah, no, that dude does not get a rose. Yeah. Third date, no. there's 12 other dudes who want to be with me who are also male model quality? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's not, he's not getting the rose. Um, and uh, not in this hypothetical world, at least. So we're the bachelorette. You have great nails. I've got great lack of body hair. You are smooth as a cue ball. <laughs> you are. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of money because I told that kid that Santa's not real. Yeah. And you don't. Have, you also did that, but you also don't have any money. <laughs> but I have a lot of money because I was on The Bachelorette, so it's fine. And we both live in a van. Weird. Yeah, that took a weird turn. <laughs> we're we're capitalizing on the bachelorette fame and we've become van life Instagrammers. Van life bachelorettes. Yep. Yeah. Although the open me roads. much more begrudgingly than Shelby. I chose that <laughs> only as a, as the the only option that could work. And Shelby has made her dream life basically. On, honestly, this life looks pretty good to me. I'm like quasi famous. Uh, so I don't have to have a job. I'm it's, doing the van life thing, and I have five hundred thousand dollars, and I will never break a nail again. So like, and things could on the be flip worse. Side, I've chosen all of the same things as Shelby almost, <laughs> and my life is horrible because I, I, so I don't want that kind of fame. I don't need to live that van life, and like I don't care that much about eyebrow eyebrow tweezing. So uh, I'm just this- sort of miserable. <laughs> This is amazing because I wrote these questions when I was very happy and the results made me very happy. Right. And I chose the same things and I'm like, I have a miserable life where I have to be like tabloid famous and uh, live in a van. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us on this episode (laughs) of Arguments About Nothing. If you would like to hear your question on Arguments About Nothing, send us a message at Arguments About Nothing at Instagram or Arguments About Nothing at gmail.com. Yeah, uh, we'd like to thank Allison Fields for designing our logo, and we'd like to thank all of you who have liked, subscribed, and or told a friend about the podcast. Um... I really appreciate anyone who can help us with the word of mouth because we're just a small podcast and, um, well, none of us have become famous yet. So until one of us is on The Bachelorette, we just gotta, we just gotta hope that you'll tell your friends. Nominate Hannah for The Bachelorette is really the takeaway for this. What a troll. What a, like, can you imagine? I would be the most miserable Bachelorette ever. Also, you can't become The Bachelorette without being on The Bachelor. Like, they only take people who oh. competed on The Bachelor, came in second place, and they become oh. the next Bachelorette. Twist did not know that. Yeah, so you, actually what you guys need to do is nominate Hannah for The Bachelor. <laughs> and then she but needs to become a darling on The Bachelor for her to get on The Bachelorette. That would give me a miscongeniality moment, though. It so, would. you know, some pros there. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, um until next time. Keep fighting. <laughs>